Hello everyone, this is Salil Tripathi from the Institute for Human Rights and Business and I'm talking to Mariam Al-Khawaja. Mariam is a human rights defender from Bahrain and lives in Denmark. She is also a Rafto Prize laureate and she has been a political prisoner and she has been an activist for a long time fighting for women's rights and for all human rights. Thank you for joining us. Mariam. Thank you for having me. Mariam, my f- question largely deals with the information communication technology, the ICT world. You know, you have seen firsthand of the use of these technologies which can cause human rights abuses. So can you talk briefly about a couple of those examples such as surveillance and how it plays out? Sure. So being a human rights defender myself, I guess one of the things that we have to learn the hard way is how social media generally, but also ICT more specifically, becomes a double-edged sword because just like we learn how to use it for human rights purposes for documentation so on governments learn how to use it to also target us and we've seen this in many different forms whether it's defamation campaigns whether it's a medium to send threats and abuse towards us as human rights defenders and particularly for women human rights defenders it's even more acute yes yes definitely i mean and and you can see also the specific gender aspect of it because when they target women for defamation it's quite different than when they target men so when they target Mm -hmm. women it's more targeting her reputation you know yeah bring up sexual history and things like that exactly exactly and threatening her with things like rape and uh, sexual violence and so on and so there is a very gendered aspect to it as well and then of course there's the spyware and the surveillance that we've seen uh, you know I was one of the people who worked on the on an OECD complaint against Finn Fisher and Gamma uh, because these spyware. are two companies that make spyware technology yeah so it's an yeah. EU-based company that makes spyware technology that was used in Bahrain to target a human rights defender who was subsequently tortured and so we brought this complaint and the complaint was actually successful in, in that regard but I think it's a problem that needs a lot more dealing with there's a, there's a lot of progress to be made luckily right now we do have a conversation that's happening at the EU parliament where they're going to pass regulation on the selling of spyware by EU-based companies to countries abroad and so hopefully that's going to set up more of a system for how it's going to be regulated watched and making sure that it's not used for human rights violations so I have a question on remedies and you touched upon your OECD complaint so that touches upon the whole idea of how can a person get redressed what was your experience there and what kind of remedies are needed so the OECD complaint mechanism is interesting because I think in one way it does provide a mechanism for some sort of accountability but I think especially in the case of you know Finn Fisher and Gamma that I worked on I don't think that it, it carried the weight that it should have you know we're talking about a situation where a human being was tortured and where they were arrested and thrown in prison and the result of the OECD complaint was putting out a statement saying that the company had had wronged um, and to me that wasn't more than a slap on the wrist if if even that I mm-hmm. think it, a slap on the wrist might have been harsher than than you know just a statement and for a company that's selling spyware you know it sort of serves as advertisement for them to be called um, you know a company of spyware that actually works to target human rights defenders on the ground right. so they can use this actually to sell more spyware to governments and so in my in my honest opinion with this specific case I think the OECD mechanism would work better in other cases but in this specific case I don't think that it's played the role that I wish it could have and I wish we had stronger legal mechanisms so what kind of remedies would those be what would you like 
prosecutions or better codes of conduct, better regulation? What would you like? So I think spyware is quite different than other companies because with other companies, you can approach it with good faith, right? You can try to talk to the companies about human rights and about the importance of respecting human rights in civil society and so on. With spyware companies, we need to regard them like arms companies because they make a living out of human rights abuses. It's the governments that are the most corrupt and the ones that want to survey the entire populations and go after certain individuals. They're the biggest buyers of these technologies. And therefore, there needs to be very specific regulation and very real accountability measures. And so I don't think an OECD mechanism cuts it. I think we need to have real regulations and laws that we can use to prosecute companies that are found to have you know, violated the principle of do no harm, that have sold uh, technology to governments that they knew were committing human rights violations and were using spyware technology to target and then subsequently either torture and or, and or kill uh, human rights defenders who are criticizing them or, you know, peacefully working on human rights issues. And so I think there needs to be a very a much more rigid a mechanism that has a lot more teeth than the OECD mechanism for sure and that's for like I said specifically the spyware but with other issues like businesses that are doing you know building selling furniture for example or dairy in Saudi Arabia and Bahrain and so on or other places that's a different issue because I think in those cases you do need to start a conversation and have mediation and things like that more so than needing to go after them and hold them accountable. Now, we talked about um, spyware as a specific example of a problem, but you know, in the last couple of years, a lot of people are talking about big data and what it poses as a danger and what it poses as an opportunity. And it's, it's too early to start thinking about remedy mechanism in, in that context. But, and this is my final question, but what kind of safeguards would you like to see when companies and governments are handling big data? Well, I mean, I don't think that it is too early to start talking about remedies mm-hmm. because I think if we wait until we think it's time to start talking about remedies, it's probably going to be too late. And so I think it is actually the perfect time for us to be discussing remedies mm-hmm. and what, what needs to be done around big data uh, collection. It causes, of course, a lot of the obvious questions and problems, which is the ability to find out you know, information about people, figure out how to sell them things, you know, basically be able to read what people's needs and how they work and how they function what they think and so on but it also causes problems in regards to security and safety especially in cases where you have governments that are corrupt and that are committing human rights abuses and crackdowns and so i think you know when it comes to big data collection the some of the safeguards that we need to put in place is one what what kind of data can be collected and stored how to make users more aware of what kind of data being is being collected because the majority of people right now they click accept without reading what it is they're accepting so for example a lot of people don't know that with snapchat snapchat actually owns and has the right to edit and republish your pictures every single picture that you take mm-hmm. but for most people snapchat is that one thing where you can take a picture and in 10 seconds it's gone and they think it's gone for good but it's not Snapchat then owns that picture. And so it's it's things that, like little things like this, like using uh, raising awareness, but then also putting in safeguards of what companies can and cannot collect. I think that's extremely important because at the end of the day, I'm one of the people who thinks that we shouldn't be telling people, well, if you don't like that Facebook is collecting all that data on you, then don't join Facebook. Because that's not, first of all, it's not realistic. And second of all, that's exclusion. I think rather we should be putting safeguards on what Facebook can be collecting on people. In regards and how to long data. it retains it. And how long it retains it for. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Yeah. 
Thanks very much and all the best with your work. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure.